Hey listeners, want to start your own podcast? Let us tell you our favorite tool. Anchor is the one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. Here's why. Anchor lets you record and edit your show right from your phone or computer. So no matter your setup, you can start creating right now. Then it distributes your show to the most popular listening platforms like Apple and Spotify. Plus, it's the only place you can send video content to Spotify. Creators can even earn money on Anchor with ads and subscriptions. Best of all, it's all free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We're now listening to FemRegard Podcast with Tessa Markle and Carolina Alvarez. Mmm, Fem. Welcome back, Fem Fam. We have another fabulous guest for you. Yes, yes. It is Miss Ellie Wells, writer director of Eagle Rock. Um, we got introduced to Ellie through WIMPs, Women in Moving Pictures, which is um, this group email thing for female filmmakers. Um, and Ellie it's reached awesome. out about her film, Eagle Rock, and, you know, was hoping to kind of drum up some PR and talk to some people. And so we're here to talk to her today about her process and her film. So thank you for coming on today. Of course. So tell us a little bit about, before we even get into Eagle Rock specifically, like what motivated you to become a filmmaker? Is this one of your first films? And just, yeah. How'd you get started? Sure. Yeah, sure. So um, I grew up in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, She's I there right now, brother. <laughs> and I'm there great. right now, yes. Um, and I just always, from a very early age, uh, just even like what I remember is like being exposed to stories and mm-hmm. like reading and like, you know, having my parents read to me or, you know, watching uh-huh. TV shows or movies. And like, it was a lot of Disney movies in yeah. the early days. And my mom, my brother and I, we all watched like, Spider-Man and, and Space Jam and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely early 2000s kids. But yeah, um, I just remember, like, I, I never remember a time in my life when I didn't write or I didn't want to mm-hmm. come up with my own stories. And, you know, as I kind of got older, I started getting more serious about it. And I thought, you know, when I was 12, 13, 14, I was going to be a novelist and I was mm-hmm. going to write books. And, you know, I had all these ideas for novels that I wanted to write. And, um but I also always watch movies, even from the time when I was 13, 14. I'm like, oh, there are these, you know, famous classic movies like Casablanca and Gone yeah, with the Wind yeah. and Citizen Kane that I haven't seen. So, you know, I would walk over to my library and I, you know, I would rent the DVDs and I'd watch them. Uh, to Kill Mockingbird mm-hmm. um, was another one I watched. Um you know, when I was that age and, you know, some of those movies, I resonated with me at that age. Others didn't, but, um, and then I've been able to, you know, go back and appreciate them more now that I've been older. Um, but Mm -hmm. I just really had a love of movies and I always loved going to the movies and, um, you know, when I was about 16, so yeah, it would have been my junior year of high school. Mm -hmm. Um, I started to realize that, um, you know, filmmaking was the medium that I wanted to tell stories in. So yeah. I um, went to film school at Emerson College. I made a couple of shorts there. And then I was out in LA, um, which is where I made Eagle Rock. 
That's awesome. I think it's awesome too that you like decided at a pretty young age, like I want to go into filmmaking. That's how I want to tell my stories. Cause then you're like, mm -hmm. you're ready, you're ready in time to go to film school and like, you mm -hmm. know, get all of that started when you're young. I think that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, the story is actually pretty funny because um, the program is uh, sadly defunct now. And oh, really? I was actually part of the last year. Um, but it was called Milwaukee Film Collaborative Cinema. And uh, the same people that run the film festival in Milwaukee every year, they do, they did a, um, it was a program for high school students. Mm -hmm. And then they could submit a pitch for a short script. Okay. And okay. I'd never written a script before at this point. And I know um, somebody who went to my high school, who I think was a year or two older than me, had actually won the competition, like I think two years before um, me. Yeah. So she um, basically her film got made, which is really cool. And so that's how I was familiar with the um, competition. And I'm like, you know, I've never written a script before. I have no idea how it works. I've never been on a film set in my life, yeah. um, but I have nothing to lose. And yeah. Hell it was yeah. some like 350, mm. it was a couple hundred pitches, I think. And they picked the top 50, um, to go to like a two day workshop. Mm -hmm. And, um, I thought, oh, you know, there's so much competition. Like I doubt I'll get it. And, you know, but you know, what do I have to lose? Right. Mm -hmm. So my script was picked, um, to be workshop in that top 50. And we learned all about screenplay format and, you know, how to make movies. And we had our script workshop with like, like professionals that, you know, were in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. It was really, really cool. Yeah. And um, it basically, so we had to come out of that workshop with a finished uh, script for mm -hmm. our film. And then they would pick the top five. And um, from there, they would, you know, pick a script to actually produce. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, the, you know, all these pitches are so cool. There's no way. <laughs> um, but my script was one of the top five. And um, it wasn't the um, one that was ultimately picked. But, you know, I got to be on the set of the film that was made. And I was a PA, essentially. And it was really, really cool. Yeah. And then I think I decided from that moment onward, yeah, this is this is what I want to do. I mean, even just to get that far, like having never written a script before, like we were just talking about that with our previous guest of like, just do it. <laughs> like you're going to mm -hmm. make the mistakes. Just do it. Just try it. And just to get that far is amazing. That's and mm -hmm. it's that's such well, a what cool I figured progress. when I remember submitting um, to that competition is I was like, well, should I do this or not? And I'm like, well, I don't have anything to lose if yeah. I'm not picked. I'm in exactly the same place that I was before. Exactly. Um, so. Let's talk about Eagle Rock. Um, sure. So we watched the trailer. It looks yeah. super awesome. I'm really excited. We've been following you on social media with it. Mm -hmm. I love, yeah, the social media posts are really cool. I love the little vignettes that you picked out. Um, definitely. Where where are these culty vibes coming from? Can you tell us like what inspired you? What's well tell sure. our listeners the brief like I guess you know your log the story line, behind the it. Story, yeah, yeah, sure. So um, it, it's kind of a long story because the inspiration for it didn't come overnight. Um, mm -hmm. but the short version I like to tell is that I was um on a plane or I was at an airport and mm -hmm. I think I was coming to L.A. and it was a yeah six hour flight I think from from where I was in Boston and I like I had you know my computer and movies and stuff but I'm like oh I want to read a book so I was in the those little like what are they Hudson books or something <laughs> yeah, that yeah. they have at every airport and yep. I saw The Girls um, by Emma Klein and I'm like I'd heard a lot of buzz about that book mm -hmm. and I'm uh -huh. like oh I'll check it out it looks really interesting and I heard I kind of had heard that it was inspired by like the Manson family and I didn't really know anything about Charles Manson uh -huh. then other than you know just some vague awareness of him as a cultural and historical figure 
And I got the book and I read it and I was really, really enamored with it. And I didn't know anything about the, you know, the actual story. And Mm -hmm. I was very, very hungry to, um, and the premise of the book is about, it's about this 14 year old girl. Um, and she basically, um, meets and becomes involved with these older girls that are a part of the, you know, the leaders inner circle and they're very, very close to him and they Mm -hmm. end up ultimately, killing for him and you know it's fictional characters um very much like giggle rock is but it's told the perspective of, of this young girl who's very enamored with these older girls but is distant from them uh-huh. and i read the book and i thought well what if i told that story but those those older girls were the main characters and it was okay. their story and that's basically i mean it's a long story but that's the short version of how i came <laughs> up with um the premise for for this film that's awesome. I mean, I, I know personally, I love like films about culty stuff. <laughs> like Charles Manson, I'm going to say is my favorite serial, serial killer. I know it sounds a little <laughs> weird, but like, I just find that story so interesting. And like the whole, like how those people just completely the manipulation, yeah, the fell in love with him and just like and were willing the, to do anything. Yeah. The, the love story, actually, the, the twisted love story behind all of that. Mm-hmm. Well, because the other the other piece of it, too, is I was reading and I I had known, you know, about Sharon Tate before and I knew that she was, you know, a victim of the Manson family. But I didn't know that Manson himself did not actually he he was not physically present that night and he had these Mm -hmm. these girls to do his bidding. And I remember reading about them and I think it was Patricia Krenwinkel that I read about first, or maybe it was Mary Brunner. And um, no, it was Patricia Krenwinkel. And she was one of the the killers who remains in prison to this day. Yeah. And just reading about how she met Charles Manson. And I can't remember exactly how um, it happened, but I think she was, you know, she was young. She was a little bit younger than me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think she just had a, you know, she had an apartment and a job and, you know, she, she hadn't really dated before and like, didn't really, you know, think she was that you know attractive and she mm-hmm. didn't really get any attention from from men and then like it was kind of lonely and then he he shows up and tells her you know she's beautiful and she's loved and mm-hmm. um so then she drops everything to be with him and you know there was something about that and her story and her mm-hmm. life you know before she met Charles Manson that I really resonated with in my own life. And, um, I was, you know, I was uncomfortable with that at first. And then the more I tapped into it, the more the story started to grow. And even with, you know, the other two girls, Susan Atkins is probably someone who, you know, was maybe the most quote unquote crazy of the three of them. And she had this very, very hard life, but you look at her past and there's this very human story there. And it's the same thing with, you know, Leslie Van Houten, how she was, you know, she was very, you know, pretty and she was a she was a homecoming queen and um you know very popular and a lot of people got along well with her but you know there was something missing in her life that she didn't have and you know the more and it's not just the three of them it's more stories of these women that I was really really interested in and I saw a lot of myself in them in different ways and um the story just kind of kind of built itself from there 
I think that's awesome to like, you know, people, they hear about the history of it and what happened and what these people did. And they're like, oh, it's crazy. How do you get wrapped up in that? But no, like these are normal people that, you know, quote unquote. Well, I mean, maybe something's <laughs> wrong in there, but like really, you know, they're normal people like that, you know, are missing something in their lives or finding this this person right. or this lifestyle or whatever that is really, you know, speaks to them and they fall in love with. And I think that that's awesome that, you know, it's it's a story that is humanizing that, you know, and mm-hmm. allowing us to relate to those girls. Right. And that was going to be my like follow up question for you is how did you I mean, you went from just picking up you know, this crime novel, a fiction novel in Mm -hmm. an airport bookstore. And that's a whole different, like, you know, that world of, you know, crime with, you know, cult vibes and that whole thing, you know, orgy sesh, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how did you, where did you find those stories? And you found it through those girls' paths and their upbringings like you research you did the research there and Mm -hmm. found elements where you can connect to as other people can and like tessa was Mm -hmm. saying humanizing it Mm -hmm. so is it is that how you started to build that world around it for your writing totally um one great resource for me was um uh karina longworth uh you must remember this podcast and the season she did one season where it was a whole deep dive on charles manson Mm -hmm. and um it went into a lot of those girls pasts and i remember Mm -hmm. um it was like 12 episodes and they're like an hour each or something like that and i listened to the entire thing i think in two days i remember like i was on an hour and a half train ride and you know i had my headphones in listening and i'm just like i want more 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 <laughs> and then i ended up finishing it in two days and that was a really good overview so i think that was my next um thing that i really de- uh delved into after um you know reading that book and then mm. um, i read a lot about jonestown and those stories mm-hmm. as well and um just watching documentaries reading articles um yeah uh just just finding those stories um wherever i could the other thing too um the other piece of it that i'll mention so um the first manson girl um mary brunner and how i came up with the idea for you know this to be the story of the the first girl to be a part of this cult is the manson the first manson girl mary brunner she was again very similar um so, you know, she just graduated college mm-hmm. and, you know, didn't really get that much attention from men, you know, in her life. And she moved um, from California uh, to California from Wisconsin, actually, to, you know, just kind of start her life. And mm-hmm. um, she seemed like, you know, she had a pretty good head on her shoulders. And then she met Charles Manson. Um, and uh, she basically, I, I, I think about that and they moved in together. And I think about that and I think about her and I think about her um, not really maybe getting ultimately what she thought she was signing up for. But even so, she stayed. Mm. She didn't, you know, participate in the murders, but even so, she ended up staying um, in the cult until the end. Mm. And I wonder about that. And I wondered about her mindset and how she would justify, you know, staying with him when all of these other girls started, you know, coming into the fray. And I don't remember what it was or where I read this. um, But I think I remember reading that she said something to the effect of like, oh, he always came back to me. Okay. Um, So I thought that was really interesting. And um, so it's basically powerful, like, 
convincing statement to oneself to be like, you know, but at the end of the day, he's choosing me, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think he called her, you know, even with the other girls, he called her Mother Mary mm-hmm. um, and just kind of gave her a status in some way that was, you know, maybe above the others or, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it would depend on, you know, how he was feeling and what girl he would shower with attention on, a, you know, on a given day or time. But yeah. um, I thought, you know, what if that first girl, what if I had that dynamic and explored that dynamic? But, um, you know, this girl did end up killing for him. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome, too, that, you know, you are writing a fictional story, but you're using all the actual history to build these characters yeah. and build the story. Like, I think that's so important for writers that, you know, if you're writing in, I shouldn't say a genre, but if you're writing a story that is somewhat based on true events, whether you're using the real characters or not, you know, to do that research and like get into that mindset. Like, say you're writing a story about, I don't know, like a a veteran or something, but you've never, you know, been in combat or been a part of like, you know, just to really research like what it's like to be in that mind, that person's, you know, psyche. And I think that's awesome that you're doing all that research. Absolutely. Yeah. And I didn't just research Manson. I did, um, like I said, the other one I researched a lot is Jonestown and that's Mm fascinating i haven't heard of that oh i have jonestown one what's that one about yeah so that was in guyana in 1978 um and jim jones was this he was a he was a pastor um and he started in the 60s um and basically he you know preached equality you know it was the 60s um and he started in indiana and eventually moved to san francisco and Uh um, his church was going to be this integrated church where you know blacks and whites and everybody could come together and you know be a part of this congregation and he you know that one hits me because you know it, it his policies were like very left-leaning and we don't have to, you know, go down the the political road, but (laughs) (laughs) um, I, even if it's not me, it's my, the the people that are described, you know, that were a Mm -hmm. part of Jonestown are people that are my, my friends and my family. So that's something that, that hit me very much. And he, you know, I've listened to, you know, his sermons that he recorded and he was someone who seemed like, he attracted people who wanted to make a positive difference in the world. Mm-hmm. And eventually they moved out to Guyana and started Jonestown, which is this agricultural commune. Um, but there's, there's so much more to it. And then they ended up getting um, the short version is that they, there was a congressional investigation um, into them that went out to Guyana and, you know, <sighs> things fell apart after that. And that's mm. when they all drank cyanide lace Kool-Aid. And yeah. oh. I think it was 918 people died. Wow. And yeah, it, it's, it, it's fascinating and horrifying all the that same, is... but you know, I did a lot of research into them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, for your, and that, that's where I was also gonna, I was curious about for your film, your story, was it bordering, um, like religious cult or cult of just a family kind of. I think Um, it's just the cult of the family and, you know, it's, it's really, you know, there's only so much of, you know, the actual philosophy that I get into in the short, but it's the cult of, you know, worshiping him. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, touching on these, these countercultural ideas of the late 1960s and, you know, attracting, you know, these young people that really, you know, maybe didn't see themselves in the generation of their parents and, you know, wanted to make this positive difference in the world and, you know, weren't, weren't attracted to this because, you know, they were heartless, but because they did have hearts. And then, mm. you know, this, um, 
like I said, this breakdown, it doesn't happen overnight. It happens slowly over time. Yeah. Speaking on that too, like, I mean, you could talk about this story like for hours, right? How long is your short? It's about 25 minutes long. Okay. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. And um, where do you see it going? Yeah. What's your dream? Like, where do you ultimately want to see it? Yeah. Well, um, I would like to, you know, this short to be out in the world and to be seen by as many people as possible. Um, but there's, there's also a feature version that I'm, um, you know, kind of working on getting my ducks in a row and there's, you know, more, more story to tell. And I think these characters, uh, over the past, you know, year or so have, you know, taken on life of their own and I want to be able to share their story with as many people as possible. That's awesome. And where are you right now in the filmmaking process? Like, are you still in post or is it totally finished? Yeah, so we're in post. Um, we should be done in the next month or so. And I'm hoping, you know, to to have a film ready to share with people by the fall. That's awesome. Are you planning to go like kind of festival route first or do you have a whole plan with that yet? I think so. I'm mm-hmm. I'm still figuring it out. I would love to, you know, submit it to festivals and, you know, be able to, I think the thing is I would really like to be able to, you know, be able to talk to my audience about what they yeah. saw and about the themes and the characters. And um, yeah, I think that that piece of it is important to me. And I think my goal with, you know, this story is really to um, allow people to understand that, you know, these girls being abused and broken down um, mm-hmm. by, you know, by this cult leader. Um, It's not an excuse for what they did, but it's a part of that story and it's worth discussing and considering. And then considering how somebody in the future maybe doesn't follow that same path or doesn't say that it could never happen to you because, you know, you don't, you you don't necessarily know. know that. Yeah. That's a, that's a really cool factor and a message. I think that you can share with your audience and it would be really cool to, to hear feedback. I'd, I'd love, I'd be interested, you know, to hear kind of what people's reactions are to that and what emulates in their lives. Yes. So please keep us updated when we're able to watch it and share it with everybody. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Do you see yourself making other stories in a similar genre? Um, Do you think this might be kind of where you end up going as a filmmaker or um, but where else do you think you might explore? Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of, you know, ideas for, for different stories that I want to tell. And I think, um, some are in the same genre and others aren't. Um, but I will say what is consistent about, you know, just the kind of films I want to make and how I want to be perceived as a filmmaker is I want to, I want to tell stories that touch upon, you know, humanity and are, are flawed and, you know, uh, you know, mostly, mostly young women and, you know, how, how they see the world and how they respond to the world and how they find their place in it. And um, I just want to tell stories about very flawed, but very real women. Um, And I think, um, I guess if I encapsulate it, I like to tell dramas, but no, I love um, really that. just, That's I think, specific. really thoughtful, yeah. character-driven pieces about mm-hmm. people, you know, finding their place in the world and, um, you know, figuring out what, you know, this whole existence means and I would say that's the that's a common theme and even you know all all the films I've made so far and the films that I want to make in the future that's awesome I mean that's always interesting to watch because it's always relatable you know 
Totally. Um, mm-hmm. So where can our listeners follow you? Like social media wise, updates on Eagle Rock or yourself as a filmmaker? Yes. So um, I'm I'm most active on Instagram. And uh, if you want to follow all news for the film, it's at Eagle Rock Short. Awesome. And then um, my personal page is Ele- at uh, Eleanor Bryn. Awesome. Perfect. Yes, guys, go follow her again. Check her out the trailer. We loved cool. it. Yeah, yeah. We love the trailer. So give our friend Ellie Wells a shout out. And again, thank you everyone for listening to and thank us. Thank you, Ellie, thank for coming you on for and talking coming. to us. Of course. Today. It was a pleasure. Yay. We'll be in touch and keep us updated when it's Yes, listeners will update about. you when she lets us know yes. so we can all watch it together. Please. Sounds <laughs> great. All right. Thank you guys. We'll see you next time. See ya. Cool. Thanks for listening to FemRegard Podcast. If you like what you hear, tune in next time for more tips on the filmmaking business and insightful conversations with industry professionals over tea. We can only grow with your support, so please subscribe, share, rate, and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. If you leave us a great comment, we might give you a shout-out on the show. For more on us, check us out at FemRegard.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 